Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. Can I just say, as your pastors, we love y'all. And we are so thankful to see the ways that, um, to just to be a part of, of your stories and to see how God's mo- God moves. Um, and maybe you've heard a pastor say this before, but sometimes a pastor will get up on Sunday morning and say, I had a message, and God said no. And that was kind of me this week. In fact, I actually, this one had started, and I had said to Jeremy, I said, you know, I think I'm going to go a different direction with this. And on Thursday, God said no. Go back to that. So we're back here. We're talking about freedom today. It's the 4th of July, and, and you know, we live in a country where we have freedoms, and I think sometimes we take for granted the freedoms we have. Um, And I want to say this today. I want us to be cautious and to remember this. We are blessed, right, to live in a country where we have our freedoms. But there are some things that we have done a poor job of in loving others like Christ does in this country. It's not just this country. That's worldwide. And so I want us to be cautious as we celebrate what today means for our country to remember there are others in our country who don't feel that same freedom. And, but most importantly, what I want to talk to you about today is that our freedom comes first and foremost in Jesus Christ. This week, our teens learned what freedom is. They learned what it means to let go of some things in their lives that bind them. Um, there was a practice that we did at the beginning of every service. I debated doing it with you all today, but I thought some of you might have a hard time with it because we did. Um, our, our speaker, JM, would get up every morning or every evening before the service. It was in the morning, right? In the morning. And he would sit down and he would talk about the practice of silence and how essential the practice of silence is in our lives. But how many of you can honestly say, man, my life feels really cluttered sometimes, Right? I hear that a lot. I'm so busy. I can't stop. I don't know what end is up. I can't, you know, it's, ugh. And you're just frazzled and stressed. And so JM said, it's important that we start our morning in silence and allow God to speak to us. And so we started every morning in five minutes of complete silence. Now picture this, y'all. Sixth through 12th graders sitting there for five minutes He would tell them, turn your phone off. Don't just put it under your seat. Turn it off. I don't want any distractions. And just sit there. Put your hands out and allow God to talk to you. Those five minutes, I can't tell you how many teenagers said that was one of their favorite parts of the week. Because it was five minutes of peace. Five minutes of stilling their hearts. And that was so exciting. And then came Thursday night service. And I know most of us can look back at a camp experience and say, yeah, Thursday night's the night, right? Like it's the big, it's the last night of camp. But I will tell you, we stepped into the back room at the end of service with the band and the ministry team that was there and our speaker, JM. And and I said to them, 
Jeremy and I have been doing ministry now for over 22 years. I said that was one of the most powerful services I've ever been a part of. You could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in that place. It's Okay, so there's, it's an open tabernacle. If you didn't catch the pictures, there are no side walls on that, which meant we all felt damp all week because we were so hot. And I remember several times in the midst of worship singing and just saying, and, and it would it literally, it would be a line about may your spirit move. And I am not kidding you. It's like the breeze blew through the room. And call that what it will. But it was like the presence of the Holy Spirit was all, it's not what, it wasn't like it. The presence of the Holy Spirit was all over our teen camp this week. All over it. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the fact that we are all bound to things, right? We all have things that we're bound to. We have things that um, get tied around us. We have things that weigh us down, Um, whether it's habits in our lives Maybe it's lifestyles, ways of thinking, negative talk, gossip, lies, people, rules of religion. It's all kinds of things. And maybe your thing looks different. But we all have things that bind us. I sent out a message yesterday, and I asked you to be thinking about things that bind you. Or maybe things that have bound you that you've been freed from. If you didn't get that email, you should talk to us after service. It means we don't have your information. But, um, and I don't want that to be the case. So that's a shameless plug for communications. But um, we all have things. And some of us, the things that we're bound to were introduced to us by someone else. It happened um, because of a, you know, a friend that we have or a home that we live in or, or different things And then there's others of us that we have chosen those things that we're bound to. We willingly stepped into them and found ourselves bound by them. All of them have the power to wrap themselves around us, right? They have the power to hold us down. And pretty soon we're dragging it. And I was going to hook that one to my leg, but... I didn't want to get it stuck. So um, if you can't see, it's literally a ball and chain. But sometimes those weights in our lives, those things that we are bound to, feel like that. They feel like we're dragging them because they're so heavy in our lives. They're so controlling. They're, They're literally trying to wring the life out of us. This morning, I want us to look at Romans 6 together. So if you have your Bibles, open them up. And let's, we're going to start at verse 1. We're going to work our way through the whole chapter. We're going to go a few verses at a time, and then we're going to stop and talk. So Romans 6, chapter 1. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? 
Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined with him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. In just a little bit, we're going to celebrate baptism of four of our teenagers. It was like a party here getting this thing ready last night. Party of three, but we were super excited. If you watch the video on Facebook, you'll see what I mean. But literally, I've, I've never been so anticipatory of a b- baptism service. I've never been so excited to see it happen as I am today. And so in just a little bit, we've got four teenagers who are going to sit down one at a time in this baptismal. And when they sit down, they're going to sit down as their old self. They have made a decision to follow Jesus Christ with their life. And they're going to sit down in that baptismal, and and they, they represent their old life. And when they go down under the water, it is signifying, I am dead to myself, but I rise up in Christ, free. I live in Christ. I breathe in Christ. All that I do is in Christ. It signifies that resurrected life in Christ. I love this that the passage says several times throughout here. Um, should we keep doing this? And he says, of course not. Of course not. And so maybe this morning, maybe some of you have been baptized already. As Jeremy said, remember your baptism today. I want you to think about that. You were baptized. You might be dealing with something after your baptism. And I want you to remember that moment of your baptism where you died to self and you rose in Christ. That means Christ is in you if you let him have control. Verse 5. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead. And he will never die again. Death no longer. Okay, y'all read, read this next uh, line with me. Ready the, to the end of verse nine here. Death no longer has any power over him. No power. Ha! When we died, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. I also like that word. He died once. He didn't do it multiple times, again and again and again. He died once to forgive your sin. Once. <laughs> That's so exciting. Oh, sorry. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. When you surrender your life to Christ, which a few of our teens did for the very first time this week, you are no longer slave to sin. Friends, you are free. When you surrender your chains, those things that bind you, they are broken. They're broken. 
and you're able to live in that freedom. The death of Christ broke the power of sin. Your surrender means you're alive to God through Jesus Christ. My question for you today is, does your life reflect that you are alive in Christ? Because sometimes I think, man, I can, you can see people who just walk around like this all the time. Woe is me. Right? Man, and I know sometimes life stinks. Horrible. But even in the midst of those moments when life completely stinks, do you still glorify God? Because you are created in the image of Christ. And when you, when you die to self, you are free. Meaning, while you might have burdens of life, God says, come on, I got this with you. Let's journey together. Verse 12, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument to the evil of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. I wish I could help people understand, and I am, it's something that I don't fully grasp myself, but I wish you could help people understand how big God's grace is. Because I think sometimes we put a limit on God's grace. Hmm, God, I did this. God's like, okay. But God, I have these thoughts, and God's like, okay. I love what Jamie said. We think that we have to have it all together before we come to God, and God's like, why? I'll take care of that. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is bigger than your human expectations. God's grace is abounding unbelievably. And so we got to stop putting limits on it. A few weeks ago, we were talking about James and we were talking about the power of words, right? And how our words, our tongue can be an instrument for good or for evil. And this morning, I want us to think about the fact that it's not just our tongue. Our whole body can be an instrument for evil. Our whole body can be used for things that destroy. Paul is saying here, don't let your sin control you anymore. Don't allow your body to be used as an instrument to serve sin. Paul is telling us to use our body as an instrument for God's glory. Sin is no longer your master. When we surrender our life to God, sin loses its power. And it's not our master anymore. Sin can't control us. Because God is bigger God is bigger than the biggest struggle in your lives. God is bigger than the biggest challenge, the biggest difficulty, the biggest mountain you have ever tried to climb. God's like, I got this. Come on. Let's do this together. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can't go on sinning? 
again. Of course not. Don't you realize that you become a slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteousness. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Those things that we talked about earlier, whatever your thing is that binds you up, uh, we become slaves to those things. We, are, we become bound to them, and they essentially control us. Um, this week, Jeremy, can you come here a minute? Logan, will you come up here? Come on up here. I want to show you something. We talked about the things that you bind yourselves to. J.M. showed us. And he said, here, come on right over here a second. There you go. He said, you know, you choose what you, what you give your, your chains to. Like I said earlier, sometimes those things are wrapped around you because of your circumstance or your, where you're at. But other times, you just say, all right, I'm, I'm giving you this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect myself to you. And then I can say, mm, and I'm going to connect myself to this. Or, and maybe it's not a person, but it's a, it's a habit or a lifestyle. But when I connect myself to those, and they have their own sense of direction, and they go that way, what happens to me? I'm bound in between them. And they're both vying from, from me. They're trying to control me. Because I don't have control anymore. They are now controlling me. That's what happens. That's what being bound to sin looks like. But when in the middle we say, ah, oh, but I want to connect myself to Christ, what happens? They lose their power over me. I am not bound by sin anymore. Give these guys a hand. Thank you. I want to prod for just a minute here. I think sometimes, you know, we can sit in a church full of people who've been in the church for a long time. And I think we can be so intent on doing things right and living a certain way that we forget or we don't even see the very things that we're bound to. There are churches full of people bound to things. I don't want to be that church. I want to say, forget it. I'm not bound by that anymore. And I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want anyone to be ashamed of saying, I'm bound to this. Because you know what? Whatever the things you're bound to, speak it out and say, I am bound to this, but I don't want to be anymore. I don't want this. Because you know what else is going to happen? We're going to come alongside you and say, okay. Because if God's grace is sufficient, then you better believe we better be living as people who are graceful people to walk through your junk and your muck with you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. I think being ashamed is what prevents people from dealing with their chains and the things that bind them. Being ashamed is why people don't come out with it and say, I'm struggling with this. Okay. Let's deal with it. Let's be real life. Let's live, really live for Christ. Hmm. Okay. 
Next one. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led to ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. Okay, wait, Christy. So you're telling us that we're no longer slaves, but Paul's saying there, now be slaves to righteous living. Okay. That doesn't make sense. Well, I showed you, sin drags you wherever it wants you to go. Sin drags you, it pulls you. Sin entices you into more sin, and it causes you to connect yourself and hook yourself up to more things before pretty much you got a leg here and an arm here and this here and your head here, and you don't know what direction's what. And you find yourself flat on your face. That's what sin does. But when we say, mm, I wanna, I'm choosing to connect myself to Christ, I'm choosing to bind myself to the creator of the universe. <laughs> I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Righteousness. Think of heart purity. I am binding myself to Christ. And in doing that, I am saying that I will follow Christ so that my heart can be purified and my life can more closely reflect him. We know this. We know that our life reflects things. Um, the things that we are bound to, our life begins to reflect those. When we choose sin, um, really sin holds the key and we're stuck. But when we choose Christ, guess what? He walks up and he's like, I'll take that. Because Christ is bigger. Christ broke the power of sin when he died on the cross. When we give Christ control of our lives, those chains have no choice but to fall off, friends. We used to do a video in youth group called Chains. And this video was one of my favorite things that we ever did because the imagery was so stinking powerful. I remember the first time I saw this. A guy laid on the platform. It is creepy music at the beginning of this thing. He laid on the platform completely bound from head to toe in chains. And we proceeded to watch five men literally beat this guy up on the platform all with a chain hooked to the guy. Talk about the powerful image of what sin does in a person's life. And then it goes on to show what happens when Christ steps into the room, when the guy calls out and Christ steps in and he's like, he begins to throw these guys off one at a time. And he begins to unwrap the chains from this man. And he picks him up and he embraces him. I still get chills thinking about it. That's what God does when we give our lives to him. That's what God does when we surrender our bondage to him. He's like, come on, let's take these chains off. Let me walk with you. I can do this. When we choose Christ, we choose to bind ourselves to him, but it's our choice. He will not force himself. 
Sin will force itself. Christ won't. Well, all right, last, pa- last part of our passage. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligations to do right. And what was the result? You are ashamed of the things that you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. One of my all-time favorite verses, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death, but God's got a gift that's way better, way better. When you surrender to Christ, freedom is yours. Your vision becomes focused. Your steps are now guided. Your burdens are allowed to be cast on the shoulders of the one who can carry them. And your life has eternal purpose. This is not a magic potion, right? Coming to Christ is not. Because here's the deal. All of our sins have consequences. And so even after we surrender and give things over to Christ, we still sometimes have to deal with the consequences of choices that we made. But what happens in the moment is God's like, okay, you went through this. Now I'm going I'm to join hands with you. We are in this together. I'm going to walk you through this. And he enables us to walk through the consequences of our sin. In the song that we've sung several times available, it says, Here I am with open hands, counting on your grace again. Less of me, more of you. I just want to see you move. Many of you know our daughter Reagan does spoken word poetry, and on Thursday night she did a piece, and in the, in the piece she said, the, one of the first things she said was, are you really? Are you sure? Are you really ready with open hands? Do you really want more of God and less of you? Do you really want to see God move? So church, my question for you is, do you really want to see God move here at real life and in your life and in your home and your, your neighborhood and in your, in your family? Do you want that? Well, a couple of you do. Let me try that again. Do you want that? That's better. Have you accepted the freedom that Christ offers? Bow your heads with me this morning. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened by the yoke of slavery. You are no longer slave to your sin and you can let go of your sins because of Christ. This morning, I want to ask you this. Is there anyone in here who just says, that I am bound by sin. Everyone's eyes closed. If you are saying, I am bound by sin, would you raise your hand this morning? No one's looking. Yeah. Good. You don't want that anymore. You want to let it go. You want to say, God, I need you. Anybody else say, I need the Lord. (laughs) even Joel needs the Lord. Amen. Thank you. How many of you in here can say, I 
want more of Christ? Keep your eyes closed. Raise your hand. You want more of Christ. You want more of that life of hope. Thank you. God, we come before you this morning and we lay our burdens in front of you and we say, God, I am chained to this. I'm holding it up. I'm offering it to you. I don't want it anymore. I'm tired of being bound to this. I'm tired of this thing controlling my life. So God, as we, as we stand here this morning and, and we sit here, we, we say to you, take this from me. Because God, I want freedom in you. I want eternal freedom. Because you died on the cross. Take our struggles. Take the things that bind us. And God, may we acknowledge that when we offer that to you, you do this. You break the chains that bind us. You break the chains. You break the power of sin. God, we choose you today. We say less of me, God, and more of you. We say, God, move here at real life. Move in my heart. Move in me, Jesus. Change me. I just want to serve you. I want to reflect you in all that I do. We love you, Lord. We thank you that we get to celebrate today. We thank you that we get to celebrate some teenagers who made a decision in their life this week to say, less of me and more of you. Death to sin and old self and life in Jesus Christ. So God, in these next sacred moments, be with us as we celebrate. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org slash give. Thanks again for listening.